Welcome to the Kupinger Coal Analyst Chat. I'm your host. My name is Matthias Reinwart. I'm an analyst and advisor at Kupinger Coal Analysts. My guest today is again, and I'm really looking forward to that, uh, John Tolbert. He is lead analyst and managing director of Kupinger Coal Inc. in Seattle, so the US leg of Kupinger Coal. And today we will talk about NDR. Hi, John. Hello, Matthias. Good to have you again. Yeah, great to be here again. And let's, first of all, we have just an acronym, NDR. This is the starting point. What does this acronym mean? Well, NDR uh, stands for Network Detection and Response. It's kind of been shortened in general uh, by the industry to match EDR or Endpoint Detection and Response. But I think there's a letter that's kind of key that we leave out there, and that's T, threat. So it's really network threat detection and response. It's looking for threats that are on the network that um, may not have been detected elsewhere. So NDR is network detection and response. Okay, so that is part of a layered security approach, I understand. So what would be the, the threats and the, um, yeah, the dangers that um, are around that would slip through everything else and that NDR can catch? Well, yeah, you know, it's kind of viewed in uh, many circles as a, sort of a last line of defense. Typically, everyone should have endpoint protection or, you know, like next generation anti-malware. Uh, so EPP, endpoint protection, you know, that also covers things like uh, URL filtering, endpoint firewall. So it's kind of like a complete package of protecting the endpoint. And then about... Hmm, Eight or nine years ago, uh, some startups in the security realm created EDR, Endpoint Detection and Response. So that was designed to look at things that may have slipped past the endpoint protection, malware that may have gotten through and uh, you know was behaving in a stealthy way. So EDR has become somewhat commonplace. It's still uh, not everybody uses it, uh, but most of the big security stack vendors have integrated EDR Uh, into their EPP products. So then enter network detection and response. There have been cases where, particularly with APT or advanced persistent threat, these are the uh, incidents that are perpetrated by state actors usually trying to steal intellectual property or other kinds of secrets. Um, NDR... can sit on the network and look for advanced malware and communication that may have been missed by EPP or even EDR products. And that's why it's sometimes it's the last place to see evidence of some sort of security incident going on. Okay, so it's that part of security infrastructure that is mostly transparent to the end user. They don't even realize it's there and it's just doing its work. How does it come into your network? I understand there is there's lots of intelligence in there to understand what's going on. So where actually would this sit? How is it deployed? Well, you know, you're right. It's not something that end users directly interact with. Uh, it's more of an IT shop security kind of uh, solution. Uh, it comes in a couple of different forms, either on an appliance, uh, you know, with a hardened OS and you stick the appliance Uh, generally like off of a, a span or a tap port on your network and it will take in all the 
uh, traffic going by and analyze it. Uh, in some cases, it can be deployed inline, uh, and by that we we mean, you know, given the amount of traffic that is encrypted these days, uh, if you stick uh, an appliance in there and decrypt the traffic and read the traffic. Uh, some some vendors and their customers believe that's a more effective solution than simply looking at network connection metadata. But um, you know, there are two very significantly different approaches there. So it's either the inline mode where you're decrypting or uh, sort of a more passive mode where it's listening and analyzing the network connection metadata. So back to the format, it can either be an appliance, a virtual appliance, um, or there are cloud images, AMIs, and things like that for infrastructure as a service environments. I will say that um, with regard to the inline decrypting type of deployment, many vendors and customers are not really interested in that because they see a potential increase in uh, risk uh, by turning the security product into a vector for potential attack. Uh, and, and most companies believe, most NDR vendors believe that they can achieve the, the same level of ability to uh, understand what's going on on the network simply by looking at the network connection metadata and applying various machine learning algorithms to it to understand uh, you know, whether or not the traffic itself seems to be malicious or suspicious. But if we look at the at the mere amount of data that's going on in such a in such a network, even just looking at the at the metadata of the network connections, um, is um, an immense amount of data. So you've mentioned already. So it's 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 machine learning that's that's coming into play here as well. So uh, how are these these huge machines that can really do that, or how do they? deal with the immense amount of data to identify what's relevant and what's not? Yeah, you know, in terms of processing power, I think, uh, you know, the appliances are definitely pretty, uh, pretty sturdy. And one thing I learned as a result of doing the recent leadership compass on NDR is that I'd say the median uh, traffic flow across an NDR uh, deployment is around 10 gigabits per second, which is pretty impressive when you think about it that you could either in inline mode or more often the passive mode be able to scan 10 gigabits per second of data and look for uh, you know anomalous patterns uh, and things like that and uh, this is something that the typical it security analyst then would use so the input that is gathered by this system would be direct input to the analyst or input to the soc to the security operations center Yes. So uh, hopefully a lot of the pre-processing is done by the NDR solution with those ML algorithms, but eventually uh, when things are discovered, it would likely go to the SOC uh, and security analysts would uh, take over and, and investigate it. Okay. And, and you've just mentioned that you did this leadership compass. Um, so you have an overview over the products and over the different flavors they come in. Um, where are the what are the typical use cases where you already see this technology being deployed? Where they, do they play out their strength? 
I would say um, most commonly you find these solutions in organizations that have pretty high security needs. Uh, I was mentioning APT, those that feel like they may be under APT attack, whether that's you know government, uh, defense, aerospace, public utilities, uh, increasingly the oil and gas industry. Um, so large companies and uh, organizations uh, within those industries in particular. But, you know, even um, IoT networks and especially uh, networks in hospitals and clinics that have IoT devices or devices, you know, with IP addresses. The typical example there is the uh, MRI machine. You know, in many of these cases, they can't run endpoint protection or EDR kinds of clients on these devices because they're just not really capable of it. They, you know, they don't have a, a full-fledged operating system and even trying to add software, you know, invalidates the warranties. So sometimes using a product like NDR on uh, IoT and medical networks is really the only way for getting any kind of information about uh, are there threats on those networks. So that's a, those are, I would say, the typical use cases, places where high security is needed, uh, IoT, ICS, SCADA, uh, and uh, medical networks. For many of our audience, maybe this NDR is ju just yet another acronym, is the, and, and it comes across them for the very first time. But um, is this something that is around for some time? Is it mature? Is it a mature market when it comes to um, diverse and individual offerings from the vendors? I would say it's maturing and growing. Um, again, it's it has advantages. It can uh, find potential threats in places where other kinds of security solutions uh, have not. So I think there's definitely value for the customers that are deploying it. But, you know, at this point, I, I just discovered as a result of doing the Leadership Compass, not everybody really agrees on the feature set. Uh, for example, some companies will tell you sandboxes are out of scope, and a sandbox is a, you know, let's say a device on the network, an appliance where if, if you catch uh, what you think is malicious activity or uh, malware, you send it off to the sandbox to execute it uh, in a place where, you know, it can't hurt anything else, and then look at the results. So, you know, I think those are kind of like nice to have features. Not all NDR uh, products do have sandboxes, but, um, you know, especially in the case where you've got an inline decrypted deployment and you uh, uncover some uh, potential malware, it uh, would be useful to be able to detonate it and see what happens. And then there are other companies that the ones that don't offer inline decryption uh, would tend to argue that, um, that's kind of an old style of doing security, and it's it's weaker. So you, you you know that really shouldn't be considered part of NDR. But you know the truth is, um, at least twelve or thirteen companies, I believe, that were in the survey, and you know they're all they're all doing pretty well. They all have captured uh, a pretty good size of a market that's uh, I think only going to grow and grow. Uh, and they may take different approaches with their products and solutions, but that shows that there's room in the market for different approaches uh, as well, I think. In the in the earlier episodes of this podcast, you always had um, um, a critical look also at the products and had uh, looked at 
downsides and 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 yeah critical aspects of the of the solutions is there something around this ndr market where you think that that there are weaknesses that are problems around with this type of infrastructure for organizations looking into deploying it well i think like a lot of security products ndr can be pretty complex I mean, with the focus on machine learning and automating a lot of the tasks that security analysts do, many of the vendors have produced solutions that are not as labor intensive, but you still have to have a SOC or SOC analysts or subscribe to their managed security services to really get the most out of it. So it does take knowledgeable expertise uh, to really uh, get the value out of it. And then... One of the other things I learned as a result of doing the Leadership Compass is that, as we were talking about last time, you know, maybe a third of the companies really don't have strong authentication for the uh, administrator and analyst console, and I think that's a significant weakness. Absolutely. So the Leadership Compass is out right now, I understand. So it's it's available for interested readers at our website, coopingacall.com? Yes, I think it went up last week. Okay, perfect. So thank you very much, John, for giving this insight into, at least for me, a new market segment that I um, learned much about today. And if anybody listening to us is interested in learning more about NDR beyond the leadership compass, maybe how that can fit into an overall security infrastructure into a layered approach for them, um, please don't hesitate to get in touch with us. So again, thank you very much, John. Looking forward to having you in a future episode. And I think there is more about NDR that we could talk about. So thank you again. Sure. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye.